Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Come on, guys. Stumbled down the driveway like that? That's more than a couple beers. It's the Idaho Murders Investigation. From newly released police body cam footage in the early morning hours of the killings to an update on a search for a car to a warning to the online community, we break it all down with News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, who's been covering the case from Moscow, Idaho. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. There's been a lot of questions about the white car that we've been interested in. We're looking for that car because we believe through our investigation that that car was in the area during the time of the murders. And we also believe that the occupant or occupants may have seen something. They may not know they have seen something. So we specifically want to talk to them and we want to know uh, who they are and what they might know or might be able to contribute to the investigation. We continue to follow the University of Idaho quadruple murder case. I'm talking about the killings of 21-year-old Kaylee Gonzalez, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Zana Kernodal, and 20-year-old Ethan Chapin. Their bodies found in their off-campus home out in the college town of Moscow. These killings happened now four weeks ago, and at the time of this recording, no arrests have been made, no suspect identified, no murder weapon recovered. But we do have an update, a few updates for you that we want to tackle. So let me bring in right now News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, who has been on the ground and covering this case out of Moscow, Idaho. Brian, it's good to see you. I want to jump right into this, and I want to start with the body cam footage because police released this full 45-minute body cam footage from the early morning hours on the day of the killings. I believe it's from plainclothes officers who are basically issuing citations to minors for alcohol. What is this video? What does this video exactly show? And what have police said about it? Because a lot of people have made a lot about this video. Yeah. So the video is super eerie um, because it's from around the same time as when we believe the murders were happening. It's, it's body cam video from an area called Band Field. 
that's a field next to the Sigma Chi fraternity house, which is literally, I would say, a 30 to 45 second walk from the house where the murders happened. Basically around 3 a.m., Moscow police were called to Band Field, which is this big field, um, for an alcohol-related call, which which obviously isn't unusual in a college town near the frat and sorority houses. Apparently there were like some drunk people there or something. So it's all on body cam. They go out there, they talk to the kids, they're walking around. Um, police say that this incident has absolutely nothing to do with the murders. But again, what's so creepy about it is that it's happening around the same time that the murders are happening and it's so close. So we've been and all the online sleuths have been analyzing this body cam as I'm sure police have because you can see houses in the background. You can see the general area of where the house where the murder happened is in the background and the timing is just really, really strange. Do you have any idea of why they say this is not connected in any way? Because one of the things that people have made a lot of is they say they can see four people jogging away from the murder house. Do you see that? I mean, what what's your take on that aspect? Because people online have said they see the joggers. They ask, why are they running at 3 a.m.? Could it be possible there are four killers that make more sense than one or two? What's your take on that? So this is like when when you're there, you understand it better when you're in that area. This is a very busy area um, because the fraternity and sorority houses are there. And because on the other side of Taylor Street, which is the street in the background of the body camera video, is where the um, like all the off campus housing is, these big apartment buildings, also where the houses where the murder happened. It's all a very dense, busy area with kids walking around, going to and from parties at night, going to and from class during the day. So, you know, I'm not convinced that those people that are seen in the background are somehow connected. I mean, of course, everything should be looked into. But, you know, I take police at their word that they don't think anything. um, And, you know, they didn't say that nothing in the video is connected. They just said that the incident that the video was recording with with the drunk kids, the alcohol related call was not connected. So I'm sure they're looking at everything in the background. There's also like some cars that go by. Um, At first, you know, they released the info about the Hyundai Elantra they're looking for. My thought was perhaps they saw that in the body cam video. We went through it frame by frame. You can't really identify a Hyundai Elantra in the video. And then they later said that that's not where they came up with this car that they're looking for. So I think it's more a strange coincidence that this video was taken right around the time. Um, that the murders happened, but it, it doesn't seem like it's at all connected. We'll get to the car in a second. Do you know why they released the body cam video? I mean, do you plan on asking follow-up questions about this in terms of who, may, have you identified all of the people in the video? Do we know who the joggers are? Do we know anything more about the people that were stopped uh, by police officers? Um, I, I imagine people have more questions about this, and uh, I wonder if the police is willing to share more information about it because they seem to be okay with releasing the body cam footage for whatever purpose. Yeah, so they released it because we put in a Public Records Freedom of Information Act for it. We went back through, so like online, you can go through all the police calls in Moscow and they're very generic entries, but you can see them all. So we went back through, of course, the night and early morning of the murders to see like what else was going on in Moscow. Saw this call that happened at Band Field, which is right next to, not next to, but very, very close to where the murders happened. So we really zeroed in on that, reported on it, only had limited information that it was an alcohol call, put in the, um, you know, the records request, and that's how the body cam ended up getting released. And, and again, like, 
they are being so careful about what they release when it with it related to the murder investigation like we've put in all sorts of requests and we get nothing right now the fact that they even release this body cam i think shows that they really believe it is not part of the investigation but you're right i mean we should ask more questions about it we haven't really had the opportunity they haven't been doing very many on-camera interviews today is we're told we'll be able to, to to talk to them in person so that is something that we can bring up that would be great. And, and I, you mentioned the, the uh, 2011-2013 Hyundai Elantra that police asked for more information about. They want to speak to the occupants of this car. As you mentioned, it wasn't in the video. What's the latest on that? Have the police received a lot of tips about this car or, or you know, have they said we we're, have a good lead on it? Or I'm, I'm not sure they would say that. But what do we know about how the investigation into that car is going? So we know that they've received a lot of tips, like a, like a ton of tips, so many tips that they say They've now routed all the calls away from the Moscow Police Department to the official FBI like tip line call center just because there's so many coming in and the FBI has the resources to sort of categorize them more quickly. Um, and, it, you know, it's a somewhat common car. So I'm sure people all over the place, every time they see a Hyundai Elantra now, they're calling it in, which is great because maybe one of those will be connected. Um, we still don't know exactly like how why they're looking for this car. I mean, we know that they say it was in the immediate area of the house around the time of the murders. We don't know how they know that. I mean, they've said it's not because of the body cam video. So maybe it was a witness or some piece of video. We don't know about some surveillance video. And we don't know, you know, if they believe that the people in the car were somehow involved and up to no good, or were they literally just people driving by and they really just want to talk to them because they were in the area at that time. Those are things we still don't know. Yeah, and I read that agents at the U.S.-Canada border are also keeping a lookout if this car should pop up. Again, I guess the idea would be that whoever's driving that car may be trying to leave the country. But I wanted to ask you something else that I think is important in this case. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I will tell you right now, I got attacked online about my comments about this in the sense that we have to be very careful about what is shared online and, and what information comes out online. I think there's it's a dual-edged sword, right? If people have credible, really strong information, you go to the authorities, but there is a danger 
with conspiracy theories. There is a danger with relying on misinformation. The reason I say that, and I got attacked online because there were people who are online sleuths and said that I'm going after online sleuths. We don't have to get into that. The point that I wanted to make is, haven't the police come out and said, we are looking at people who are engaging in online harassment and have they signaled possible legal liability or criminal charges against these people? So they haven't gone that um, into detail into it, but they did say that like they're looking into online harassment. If you're a victim of online harassment related to the case, to, to notify them. And you're right. I mean, I think that the um, the online sleuthing is, um, you know, it's sort of like a tightrope. I mean, I, I love the online sleuths overall. I think they do great work in other cases I've covered. Um, you know, a lot of them are really, really responsible and they can go through like every social media post, you know, and really dig into it. Like you can't, I mean, and there's like, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of them, whereas I'm sure, you know, they can find things that the police just don't have the time to do. So they're great in that way. But I think it crosses the line when people start contacting family members of victims, when they start contacting people who they classify as suspects who aren't suspects, when they start showing up at their houses. I mean, that's where it, it just um, clearly, you know, goes too far and it can interfere. Um, so, I, I mean, I find that the majority of them are just interested in the case and, you know, doing their thing. Um, but then there's always those few that, you know, that, that go too far and kind of give everybody a bad rap. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. And, you know, particularly when you have more eyeballs on the case, I think that's a good thing. People can see it from different angles and maybe they, again, they can ask the right questions and we try to answer those questions here on these uh, kinds of shows. Um, I, I, it's now four weeks, Brian, right? And, and I'm curious in your experience covering these kinds of cases, where do you stick with this? Are, are you concerned at this point about where the investigation is headed? Um, are there things maybe it's just too early to know? Um, where do you see this case going? Maybe this upcoming week, because we have hit the four week mark. And as I mentioned, no suspects identified publicly, uh, no arrests have been made. No murder weapon has been recovered. What do you think as we've hit the four week mark? Yeah, I think, um, like I, you know, it's funny. I woke up this morning in Idaho. I went home for the weekend to, to Miami and I came back last night and I, I had this feeling this morning and this is like, I have no evidence. I just, I just had this feeling like this was a really pivotal week, like four weeks in, you know, people are trying to be patient, but like, I, I just feel like for, for that, that there's got to be some piece of new info this week that's hopefully released. I, you know, I think it's interesting that there's not a reward. I, I wonder, do police know more than they're letting on? I really don't know. Um, I think, you know, we've gotten some heat. I'm sure you too. It's like, oh, you keep covering it. You know, it's like, when's enough is enough. But it, you know, it's like for these victims, if we leave, if, if we stop doing these podcasts and I, we stop doing this on News Nation, you know, the pressure is on the police. Like the pressure is on with us all doing this every day to, to, for it not to be forgotten about. And, you know, what's going to happen is if there's no updates, law and crime, News Nation, you know, we'll stay on it. But like these big networks will start pulling out. And that's, a, I mean, to me, that's like a really bothersome thing because, that's how the cases go cold. And, you know, I think it is that constant pressure that the cops know that we're on it every day and they've got, you know what I mean? And I just, I worry about that at the four week mark, like that, that I just hope that um, things don't start to slow down. I think that's a really important point. And it's a really important point because the more information that could be shared with the public, particularly the community of Moscow, the, the, whoever did this, 
their window becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. The room gets smaller and smaller and smaller because you have people on the lookout. They're updated about the case. They know what to look out for. And I think that becomes critical at this point because it's still early. It's still early. I know it's four weeks, but it's just four weeks ago that these lives were taken and these families destroyed. So we don't plan to slow down anytime soon. And I know you don't either. So Brian, I I really think you're doing tremendous work out there. I appreciate you taking the time to come on sidebar, speak to our listeners and our viewers about this. And uh, as the week progresses, hopefully we do have more information and we can have you back on Brian. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And hopefully I just hope this is a week where the victims families will get some more information that there'll be some progress again, just, I, I hate to drag on about it, but it's like, it's frustrating for us covering it, but imagine being those family members. Like, I mean, how do you start to grieve? I mean, some of them won't even have funerals because the killer hasn't been caught. So yeah, we'll just hope for some, for some advancement this week. Yep. Possible situation for them and hopefully they get more information. Brian Enton, thank you so much. You can follow Brian on News Nation and also for his updates on Twitter as well. Brian, thank you. And that's all we have for you, everybody, here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.